Well, I wonder where the thankful people are tonight. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. Amen. Anybody know the Lord is good tonight? We've come to thank him and glorify his holy name. And certainly we thank God for this is the day that the Lord has made. We're rejoicing and we are exceedingly glad. Amen. So glad that you are here with us on this evening as we enter into the study of the word of God on tonight. Let's see who we have in the house with us already tonight. Kaola Williams is with us this evening. God bless you. Good evening. Sister Betty Palmer is watching. God bless you. Good to see you, Sister Palmer. God bless you, Shelba Moore. Amen. God bless you. Always here. Clara Roberts, good to see you, Sister Roberts. God bless you. Brother Marshall, my friend, my friend from down on the coast. Amen. Good to see you, Brother Marshall. Uh, Linda Stewart, God bless you. Good to see you this evening. God bless you. Mother Curry is in the house. Amen. Praying for a blessed night. God bless you. Thank you, Mother Curry. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for, for your support to your cards. I, I God bless you. I appreciate that. Pierre Dallas is with us. Brother Dallas, God bless you. Good to see you. Sister Howard is in the house. God bless you, Sister Howard. Nora Davenport Lawson, all the way from Alabama. Our Alabama friends are with us tonight. God bless you. Good to see you on this evening. Loretta Epps is with us. God bless you, Sister Epps. You and Brother Epps. Sister Cherie is in the house tonight. God bless you. Listen, y'all go on and share this with your neighbors and your friends. Let them know you are watching right now. Listen, I need you to do that. Push that share button, y'all. Don't, don't, let me see what I got. Yeah, push that share button, y'all. Go ahead and push that share button and let uh, let your friends know that you are watching and invite them to watch along with us and not just to watch, uh, but to enter into the study of the Holy Word of God. Amen. Great evening to you, Kimberly Ellis. God bless you. Good to see you. Uh, uh, who is that? Hobson. God bless you. Good to see you. God's chosen child. Amen. Uh, Sister Mac, God bless you. Good to see all of you on this evening. I hope you all are having a good evening. Um, you all ready for fall? Amen. Anybody ready for fall? Is it, It's starting to change just a little bit. Still warm outside. Amen. But I, 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 we're getting a taste of fall. It was foggy this morning real foggy this morning and then it was a little cool this morning but it did warm up the fair begins today i know some of you all are going to be going to the fair amen enjoy yourself if you do that uh you know just take care of yourself amen watch watch what you're doing and watch what you're eating amen god bless you enjoy uh, have a good time amen uh, but take care of yourself as you do as you enjoy the festivities of the mississippi state fair god bless you God bless you. Listen, let's uh, let's have a word of prayer and we will get into the study of God's word. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we do give thanks to you tonight for you're so good. Your mercy is everlasting. Your truth endures to all generations and we're grateful and thankful just for who you are and all that you do. God, now we pray, I pray your blessings upon all who are in this virtual space with us, who've gathered for uh, connecting with one another, uh, virtual fellowship. But we thank you that, God, you are really with us. Your presence is real in our lives. Your presence is felt even right now, though we're in different locations all across the nation god your spirit unites us as one thank you that we are the body of christ and as the son and the father are one so have we been made one in you 
God, now we pray your blessings upon this time together in the study of your holy and blessed word. God, we ask that you open our eyes. We might not only see, but that we would reimagine that which we see and believe so that we might be further led into the depths of who you are and what your word says. Guide us by your spirit. Direct us by your presence. And lead us in your path of righteousness. We pray it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. All right, y'all. Well, let's get into the word. Is that all right? Listen, so on Sunday, on this past Sunday, I introduced a new sermon series entitled Reimagine. And in that series, in this series, as we begin uh, to develop it, I said to you that I wanted to invite you to reimagine ministry, what ministry looks like, what the church looks like, how we do church, how we operate, to reimagine and be open to the, the new wine that the Spirit of God represents, to be refreshed wineskins so that uh, as this new wine is poured into us, that uh, it has a, a good place to dwell. I ask you to be open to reimagining not only church and church life, but be open to reimagining relationships, reimagining um, your understanding of God. But I also ask that you be open to reimagining yourself, reimagining uh, who you are. Um, and so I, I want to. I want to use the scripture that I used for last Sunday's sermon from the book of Revelation, Revelation 21. Um, and I want to use that same scripture uh, to jump into tonight's lesson. But before I get to that scripture, let me remind you of what Paul writes in what I told you would be our thematic scripture for this series out of the book, in the book of Philippians, Philippians uh, 3, Philippians 3, 13 through 14. And you know what Paul says? He, he uses terminology uh, that, that may not be as familiar to us, but we know what it means. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. In other words, I don't believe that I'm there yet. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul, um, Paul writes this. Um, and and you you should read what 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 comes before that what precedes this is Paul talking about himself Paul talking about um, 
why he could, if anyone could, why he uh, could trust in or glorify in his flesh if he wanted to. Uh, he, he gives the credentials uh, that, that people of that day would have been proud to have. And he says, if, if it were a matter of, you know, of my flesh saving me, then I've got all that. You know, I could, I could do that. He says, but I discovered that all of that uh, next to Christ means nothing. He says all, all, of, all of that, all of the, I was a, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I was of the tribe of Benjamin. I, you know, he, he talks about all of these things that, that he could have, you know, just checked off in terms of a, of a pedigree checklist, of a religious checklist. He says, I had all of that on lock. He said, but when I found Christ, when I, when I understood who Jesus is, and what he brings into the lives of those who are willing to accept Christ as Savior. He says, when I discovered that, I no longer trusted in my flesh. I no longer believed that my works were good enough to save me. I no longer believed that keeping the law, the way I kept the law, was enough for me to operate in and, and claim that I was somehow saved because of my flesh. He says, so I, I learned then that I had to put my trust in Christ. But he goes on to say, and even with that, I recognize I'm still not there yet. Not that I've apprehended. He says, I, I recognize that even though I'm there, I'm still not there. Even though I've made progress, I'm still I'm still on this journey. I'm still striving. I'm still working. I'm still praying. I'm still pressing. I'm still believing. I'm still reading and studying and and doing those things that will help me to become. Remember that word I used that a couple of times in the last few weeks becoming right that i'm still becoming that person i'm not there yet i've not apprehended i haven't gotten it he said but this one thing i do even though i haven't gotten there he says i've learned how to let go of the past this one thing i do forgetting those things that are behind reaching forth to those things that are before. I want to talk tonight then about reimagining me because that I believe is exactly what Paul is getting at in this text. When he says, I'm not there yet. I hadn't gotten there where I want to be. I haven't gotten there where I believe God is calling me to be. I'm not there yet, right? He says, but I know if I'm ever going to get there, I got to do the work of forgetting what's behind. I was I was talking to someone recently that sometimes we hold ourselves back because we haven't done the work to release ourselves from our pasts. And there's some work that some of us has, have to do. 
you got to do some of that internal work where you resolve issues of the past, where you resolve the mistakes that you've made, where you resolve the sin that you committed, where you resolve the issues that 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 you have have left behind and you have taken on this new creature status. Somebody, somebody, somebody had, listen, you got to do the work. You got to do the work. And I, I love the fact, I love the fact that Jesus saves us instantaneously. But you got to do the work of being delivered. You got to do the work of being sanctified. You got to do the work of being a child of God. That That's the work. And that's why Paul uses his language saying, I press. This is work, y'all. It doesn't, it doesn't just come. You, you, you don't just get sanctified by thinking about it. You got to work at it. You don't, you don't just, you don't just get there where, where Paul was talking about. I'm not there yet. You don't just get there by hoping and praying. You got to work at it. You got to do the work. And part of the work is not just pressing to your future, but releasing your past. You got you to do the work of releasing your past. So I want to talk about reimagining self. And, and I'm not going to get too far into this because I, I got I to eventually preach this sermon. <laughs> so I, I want to have something to say when I preach it. But I, but I do want to begin this part of the work. Because I, I think the devil, I think the enemy, uh, Perhaps part of his greatest ploy, part of his greatest strategy in holding us hostage is by keeping us bound to the past. By keeping us forever, watch this, forever guilty, forever mindful of the wrong, of the mistakes of the sin, of the stuff of our past. And don't get me wrong, remembrance has its place. Remembrance will keep you humble, right? Remembrance will, will, will keep you from, you know, being too judgmental of people who are dealing with the same thing that you did yourself. Help me somebody. So remembrance has its place. But when remembrance holds you hostage and does not allow you to flourish in your future, that's a, that's a trick of the enemy. So I want you to, I want you to start now reimagining me, you, reimagining yourself, reimagining yourself, reimagining yourself. And reimagining yourself not through your flesh, not through just, you know, an exercise of the mind, but reimagining yourself through the completed works of Christ on Calvary's cross. Reimagining yourself through the means whereby Jesus has made it possible for you to be a new creature. Right. Reimagining yourself, not not just some exercise of 
of, you know, mental uh, visualization. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about reimagining yourself through what God has allowed to be made so. Are you hearing me? All right. So Revelation 21, Revelation 21, uh, which is what I preached from on Sunday. You remember uh, John uh, is the writer of the book of Revelation. And in that chapter, he says, behold, I, John, uh, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. I love that. And he will dwell with them. They shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to have to preach verse three by itself one Sunday. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. and There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things what new. I make all things new. And he said unto me, right, for these words are true and faithful. So I want to, I want to use this. And I told you Sunday, we oftentimes, you know, we oftentimes read this text, um, oftentimes at funerals, um, or if we're studying eschatology, the end of things, we will certainly study this passage of scripture. But I want us to I want us to use this scripture tonight and through the rest of this series to talk about to talk about reimagining. Because John is given this vision. God gives John this vision, this this vision of the not yet. He allows him to see the not yet. He allows him to see the no longer and he allows him to see the never again. The not yet in when he says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth, right? Well, that had not yet manifested, but God allowed John to see the not yet. Then he goes on and says, uh, for the former things were passed away. The earth, uh, uh, the sea was no more, right? So God allows him not only to see the not yet, but he allows him to see the no longer, the things that are no longer there. The things that were a part of your experience, but that have been removed. And I challenged us on Sunday as a church family, that as we reimagine ministry, that we need to look at some things, right, that have served their purpose, that have that have served their time, that have served their generation, but that perhaps no longer fit right now. And it's no longer the right approach for today. It's no longer the right tool for this generation. It's no longer the right mission, right? And I, I told you that that's the hard part for churches to have that, that level of conversation and that level of, of honest dialogue 
where we can look and say it was good while it lasted, but it no longer works. It no longer fits. It no longer meets the needs for what we need to do now. I wish I had a witness in here. The not yet, the no longer, and then the never again. John says, look, there was no more sorrow. There was no more crying. There was no more pain. None of that. None of that existed. And I said to us that we got to be willing to talk about and declare after we declare, after we see what no longer works, we got to be able to declare and no longer. No longer will we. Right. No longer will we allow these things to happen? No longer will we do business this way. No longer will we as a church family look the other way when needs are looking us in the face. No longer will we be satisfied with church as usual. No longer will we be okay with mediocrity. No longer. We got we to gotta press into the no longer uh, or, or the, the, the never again. I'm sorry. I keep saying no longer. The never again. Y'all help me on that. Yeah, never again will we do these things. Never again. Okay? So the, the not yet, the no longer, and the never again. Never again will we be satisfied with mediocrity. Never again will we look the other way when needs are in front of us. Never again will we push people out of the way who have gifts that they can contribute to the ministry. Never again will we be territorial with our ministries, but we will share. Amen, somebody. I'm really preaching in here. Never again. Okay. So I want to use that same, that same outline and apply that to reimagining ourselves. The not yet, the no longer, and the never again. When it comes to you, when it comes to your relationship, when it comes to your walk, when it comes to your fellowship with the Father, what is your not yet? What is your no longer? And what is your never again? Because if 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 you're not looking, if you're not looking at your your faith journey like that, it's going to be hard for you to make the progress in your becoming. When Paul says, I'm not there yet, but I'm pressing. If you have not reimagined and done the work of, of looking at, okay, the not yet, the no longer, the never again, it's going to be hard for you to press for that mark. So let's, let's press for the mark by being clear of those three things. Hebrews 11 and 1. You know Hebrews 11 and 1. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the what? The substance of things, what? Hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There it is, the not yet. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. If 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 we so our walk, when we when we use that term, our walk of faith, a walk of faith should always be looking towards what's not yet. Your walk of faith, in other words, you ought to always have something in front of you that's that you're moving towards, something in front of you that's drawing you, right? That says that that's that that mile marker, right? What is the next thing? What is the next marker 
that lets you know that you're still on this journey? What is your not yet? What are the things, watch this, what are the things that you still need to conquer? You're not yet. What are the things that you still need to get a hold of? <laughs> You're not yet. Where are the places, the spaces in your life where you still need the delivering power of the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of you? You're not yet. And it's that not yet that you cannot avoid. If you avoid your not yet, you stop make you stop your walk. You stop walking. You stop pressing. If you're no longer looking at your not yet, you have satisfied. You you just decided I'm there and I'm satisfied with what I am. Nope, not yet. I'm not there yet. Not that I've apprehended. Paul says, I've got to keep that goal in front of me, and that goal sometimes comes in the form of a person another person somebody who's a little further ahead than you are someone who can who can encourage you someone who can challenge you someone who can charge you someone who can check you that's a sermon right there the challenge the charge and the check you need somebody in your life who can do all of those things who can challenge you rub up against you iron sharpens iron who can charge you who can speak into your future and declare what you should be doing, who can check you, who can pull you back and say, now, what's going on here? You need somebody who can do all three in your life. Amen, somebody. And if you don't have that person, you need to pray right now because that's what's going to help you press into your not yet and find, find that, 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 that person who can come alongside and be that for you. Are you with me? Y'all still with me? 1 Corinthians 15 and 10. 1 Corinthians 15 and 10, but by the grace of God. And I love this because here's what I know about this journey. Here's what I know about this journey. And this is for, this is for folk who will be honest. <laughs> For folk who are honest, in this journey, we mess up. Amen. In this journey, I mean, I mean, baptized, sanctified, blood washed, Holy Ghost filled people mess up. Amen. Lights. Can I? Can I just see the hand of a few folk who? Who will admit I'm yeah, I messed up. And and I don't I don't just mess up once here and once there. I mess up. Right? But here's what Paul says. I love this, y'all. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labor more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Here it is, y'all. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Listen, here, here's what you got to do, because here's what the enemy loves to do with us. The enemy loves to try to make you believe that, that this journey, that this 
newness of life, that this change, the enemy tries to make you believe ain't nothing to that. The enemy tries to make you believe that it wasn't real, that that you just you just had, watch this, you just got goosebumps, you just had an emotional experience. Um, you know, you cried and you wept and you wailed and and you felt something, but wasn't nothing to that. That's what the enemy wants you to believe, right? And he wants you to believe that when you've messed up. That's usually when our faith journey is questioned most, when we've messed up, when we missed the mark. That's usually when your faith journey is questioned most. Are you really saved? I mean, if you're really saved, you wouldn't be doing that. Is it anything to salvation? To your salvation, right? That Those are the kind of tricks the enemy will start playing with you. And when that happens, you need to see what Paul says here and have that, that seared in your conscience, in your mind, and in your spirit. But by the grace of God, somebody ought to say, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know I messed up. But you ask me, am I saved? I am. I, I know I missed the mark, but you ask me, am I a Christian? I am. I I know on this, this issue, I didn't come through the way I should have, but, but am I a believer? I am. Am I a person of faith? I am. Am I washed? I am. <laughs> am I the righteousness of God? I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And no devil in hell is going to make me believe anything other than what the Bible says I am. I am the redeemed of the Lord. I am the righteousness of God. I am the seed of Abraham. I am a child of the king. I am. Good God Almighty. By the grace of God, I am what I am, and nobody and nothing is going to make me believe anything less than that, even when I mess up. You ought to, you ought to, you ought to get that in your heart, beloved. By the grace of God, watch this. Nothing I did, nothing I do other than believe, and it is his grace that even in my mess up allows me to be covered so that when he looks at me, when God looks at me, he looks at me through the redemptive blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And that's why I am justified, just justified by faith in Christ. Amen. So I'm not there yet, but I'm pressing. I'm pressing into my not yet by faith, right? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I, I'm not in that space where I know I'm going. I'm, I have not become all that I am becoming, but I am steadily pressing. And, and when I mess up, the devil is not going to make me believe that there's nothing to my faith and nothing to my religion, but because by his grace, I am what I am. Y'all get it? That's re that's the work of reimagining yourself. Reimagining me.
My God. I want to talk about the no longer for a little bit. Let's talk about the no longer. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says this. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. All things are become new. Stay right there for a minute. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Stay right there. He is, and that, that goes back to what Paul says, by the grace of God, I am, he is, you are a new creature. By the grace of God, you are in Christ. If you are in Christ, you are a new creature, period. End of discussion. Done. Done because of what Jesus Christ did on Calvary's cross. All you did was believe. And by faith, through grace, I believe. And he saved. I therefore am a new creature in Christ. Watch this. No longer. Watch this. Old things are passed away. The no longer. Old things are passed away. My old nature is passed away. Now, I, I, I need y'all to I need y'all to help me on this. I need y'all to help me on this. Old things are passed away. Stay right there for a minute, y'all. Because here's what I know. I said this today to somebody. I don't know who I was talking to. But, but um, oh, I, I know who it was. I can't tell you. But anyway, I said, um, um, you know, people who are saved, I guess I said this earlier in this lesson, people who are saved are not necessarily all the way delivered, <laughs> right? Uh, you, you, you saved, um, but that delivered part is some stuff that the Lord has to deliver us from. I wish I had a witness in here. Um, um, he saved you, but, but, but he's got to deliver you from lying. Right? He saved you, but he's got to deliver you from. So, so watch this. What, the point I'm making is, is that the sins, right? Small s, sins that we commit. That's the stuff. That's the progressive work from which we must be delivered. But old things were passed away. That old nature that has been passed away, big S, the sin nature, that is the no longer. And that's what I, that's what I want you to understand on this. The sins, small s, are the things from which we are being delivered. Big S, the sin nature, is the thing that is no longer. He has delivered me, saved me, changed me from the sin nature that exists. Now, clearly, people who are saved still commit sins because that is the progressive work. And the prayer we ought to be praying daily is, Lord, <laughs> deliver me. I wish I had a witness in this house. Lord, deliver me. Deliver me from the small 
sin. Not, I don't mean I don't mean lowercase s because I'm not grading sins here. I'm saying, but deliver me from the sins that I commit. Deliver me from the sins of omission, the sins of commission. Deliver me from a lying spirit. Deliver me from pride. Deliver me from lust. Deliver me from greed. Deliver me from dishonesty. Are you hearing me? Yeah, deliver, deliver me from, from the sins that I commit. But thanks be to God that I've been saved from the sin nature. And that no longer exists. If a man be in Christ, he is a new creature. A new creature. I've been saved from my sin nature. I'm a new creature in Christ. That no longer exists. Are you with me? Are you still with me? Good God, this is getting good. Let me, let me press on to the never again. Let me press on to the never again. Um, the never again out of, let's look at 2 Corinthians 6 and 14. 2 Corinthians 6, 6 and 14, the never again. So because, because I've been saved, and this is one of the things that, that I try to teach Um. Because I've been saved, and I, I, I think we flip it and, and, and we, we get in trouble by flipping it. We think that um, that because we've been saved, we try to do things in our flesh that then qualify our salvation when it should be just the opposite. So I'm saved and I do the things that I do um, not to try and keep my salvation. I do the things that I do because it is evidence of my salvation, right? Um, I can't keep myself saved because I never saved myself in the first place. That is the gift of God, lest any man should boast, right? So how can I keep what I never gave myself in the first place? That that's That's God's gift to me. But the righteous works that I do are done as evidence of my salvation. It is the evidence, it is the fruit of the saved life. Are you hearing me? So, so there should be in each Christian's life this place of the never again. The never again. Um, 2 Corinthians 6 and 14 says this, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion hath light with darkness stay right there be ye not unequally yoked together 
with unbelievers. And there, there are some things, if we're going to press for the mark of the prize, there's some practical things that as believers, the Bible gives us a prescription for what we should and should not be doing. And one of the things that the Bible makes clear here is that as a believer, we have to be careful of our close associations. We have to be careful of who we are aligning ourselves with. We have to be careful and thoughtful about those with whom we are partnering, those with whom we are aligning ourselves, those with whom we are making commitments and, and promises and, and pledges. Paul says, if, if, if we're gonna press toward the mark, the prize, light has no business with darkness, right? Righteousness has no business with unrighteousness, right? That we, we must be thoughtful about that. It means that we, we, have, to, we have to think through and develop an ethic in our personal behavior and in our personal relationships. Now, be clear. This is not this is not saying that we cut off everybody who's not a, a Christian. That is not what this is saying. Because we know Jesus himself made friends with sinners. Right? He ate dinner with sinners. He had conversations with and and brought them in. So this is not saying that we have no relationships with with people. What it is saying is is that when it comes to those who form our closest uh, relationships, those with whom we identify, that that we should be thoughtful and careful about that circle of friends. Always, always engaging the world, always reaching out to others who need us, always saying something to and, and engaging um, uh, people who need to be brought into the faith, right? Always. But never again creating partnerships, relationships, business, personal, and otherwise, with people who we know don't share our faith. Right? That there that there's a there's a that that we need to be clear about where we where we draw those lines. Right? That if it if it's about my 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 um if it's about uh, your your marriage if it's about your your who you're dating you need to draw the line about who's going to enter that space who are you who are you going to give your heart to you need to have a clear line about who deserves that kind of investment are you hearing me you need to have a clear line 
about who deserves that kind of that kind of investment of your your heart, your energy, your your emotions, your resources, all of that. Amen, somebody. John 10 and 28. Some things that we can look for for the never again. John 10 and 28. John 10 and 28 says, and I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. This is the never again. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Never. They will never perish. Here's what I need you to know, because, again, one of the things that the enemy does with, with people of faith, he plays those tricks with us and, and oftentimes makes us think things that are not true. And so this idea that, that you know, well, you're saved, but are you eternally saved? Are you saved forever? Right? Um, um, this clearly says to us in the Bible, I believe, I believe now I teach this. You, some of y'all might disagree with me, but, you know, y'all tuned into my teaching. So I, I get to say what I believe on this. I believe the Bible teaches us uh, that 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 once saved, we are eternally saved. And this is one of the scriptures that 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 really supports that idea. I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And when God saves you, never again shall you be unsaved. Never again will you perish or die a second death. Never again. And no one or no thing shall be able to pluck you out of the hand of the Father. Yeah, never again. Never again. So in your reimagining, I want you to, I want you to, let me free somebody. I want you to get settled. S some of us, some of us are so worried in our faith because you're thinking that something is going to pluck you out of the Father's hands. You're thinking that something you did, something you've done, is possibly taking the covering of the Father's hand off of you. Let me free somebody tonight. Nothing shall be able to pluck you out of the Father's hand. Not only that, Nothing shall be able to separate you from the love of Christ. Nothing. I need you to, I need you to settle into your faith and start walking with some security and start standing on some firm ground, the firm ground of the witness of the, the, the word of God, that nothing will pluck you out of the Father's hand not even your own small s sins. I need you to stand in that. I need you to stand on that and reimagine yourself. Watch this. Reimagine yourself in the hands of a secure savior. The security of the father's hands. He says, I got you. 
Good God Almighty. He says, I got you. Ain't nothing going to take you out of here. I got you. Nothing. I know, I know that sin. He says, that, that sin, that sin ain't stronger than the blood of my son. Nothing. I need you to, I need you to get secure in your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. The sacrifice of Christ is strong enough to keep you saved forever. I need you to rest in that, y'all. I need you to rest in that. Finally, Jude, Jude 24 and 25 says this. Jude 24 and 20. 20 I'm sorry, did I write it? I, I think I wrote it wrong. It's verses 24 and 25. Jude only has one chapter to it. So it's verses 24 and 25 uh, of, of, of Jude. I'm sorry. I, I may have written that wrong, Travoris. Um, but verse 24 and 25, verse 24, that's it. Verse 24, there we go. Uh, says now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I'm going to stop right there. Now unto him that is able to keep you from what falling. I need you to, again, here it is y'all. In that benediction, you know, I, I, I use that benediction all the time. Um, but really pay attention to what's being said. Now unto him who is able to keep you. There it is again, y'all. Ain't nothing taking you out of his hands. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. Keep you from falling. You now I hear somebody saying it right now. Reverend, well, wait a minute. I fell the other day. I fell in the sin. I fell. Yeah. Again, it's not talking about the committal of sins. It's talking about falling back into the sin nature. That you are saved, beloved. You who have accepted Christ, you are saved. You are secure. And now unto him who is able to keep you from ever being unsaved again. He's a keeper, y'all. That ain't just a song. He's a keeper. He keeps you from ever being unsaved. He keeps you. You are secure. You are saved. You are safe. Now, and that's why that's a benediction. That that's something to that's something to leave church on. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. And not only does he keep you from falling, but he presents you faultless. Look at that, y'all. Because he's saying, listen, even in all of your sins, he still presents you as fault. I need you to reimagine that, y'all. That when when he says, look, I know, I know you committed sins, but under the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ, you're still presented as faultless. 
If if that don't make you shout, you don't know when to shout. <laughs> if that doesn't make you shout right there, that watch this. He keeps you from falling. And even in spite of all of the stuff that you know you did, he still presents you as faultless. If that don't make you shout, I don't know what will. Presents you as faultless before the presence of his glory with, with exceeding joy. In other words, he looks at you and says, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of this sister. I'm proud of this brother with exceeding joy. To the only wise of God be glory, majesty, dominion, and power now henceforth and forevermore. I believe I'll, I'll, I believe I'll end right there. <laughs> That's a word for somebody. Listen, you are saved, beloved. Stand in the security of the salvation that has been given to you through Jesus Christ. Nothing shall be able to pluck you out of the Father's hands because he is able to keep that which has been commended unto him. Good God Almighty. I, I feel the spirit right there. He is able to keep that which has been commended unto him. He's a keeper, y'all. Yes, he is. Amen. 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 Let's pray, beloved. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your keeping power, for your holding grace. God, there have been so many narratives presented that sometimes take us off course and off track with who we are through Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, right now, I pray that you would bind the tricks of the enemy on these who have heard tonight's teaching. And when the enemy would try to drag them back into their past and keep them bound to their mistakes, God, that they will be liberated and freed by your grace, by your love and by your mercy, knowing that they have been saved and that they have been delivered. Delivered from the power and the penalty of sin. And Lord, that we continue to press now for the mark. God, I pray for redemptive imagination, that we would begin to imagine ourselves as who you see us to be, the saved of God, saved by Christ, by the redemptive, washing, regenerative power of his sacrificing blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that we are exactly who you say we are. By your grace, we are who we are, the saved, the saints. Thank you, O oh God. Now, we pray that you give us going power, pressing power, to continue to press into our not yet. God, all that you desire for us to be and become. We pray that we would continue to walk this walk by faith, believing that as you hold our hands, that every day we will get closer to that mark. Granted, O oh God, in the mighty and marvelous and matchless name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, and our Christ. Amen.
and amen. God bless you. We love you. We will see you soon. Good night.